Welcome to Jersey Justice, a civil law podcast that shares practical tips and stories about personal and workplace injuries. Join two of the brightest New Jersey injury attorneys, Gerald Clark and Mark Morris of Clark Law Firm, as they take you behind the scenes of justice and civil law. But first, a quick disclaimer. The information shared on this podcast is for general information purposes only. Nothing on this site should be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. This information is not intended to create and does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. Today, we're going to be continuing the conversation about construction accidents and also the litigation process and what happens. And I'm here with Jerry and Mark, and we're going to be continuing this talk. And today, we really want to dive into some aspects of what happens, for example, if, let's say, Clark Law Firm accepts your case. Like, what can a client expect, you know, in that procedure and that process of what's going to happen? So, Jerry, start us off with that information. Thanks, Dimple. So, the The way it works, we talked about the intakes and the intake process in a prior episode. So if we accept the case and decide to move forward with it, we'll do some investigation. That could take, you know, it's hard to say how long that takes because all cases are different. It could take days, weeks, months, sometimes longer. If we decide to then move forward with the case, basically we'll start by sending claim letters out to the contractors on the job that we think were involved the different parties that we think were involved, generally they'll send them to their insurance company and then the insurance company will start to be corresponding with us, asking us questions, that kind of thing. In our experience, these cases pretty much never settle before a lawsuit is filed. Usually, often because there's a lot of parties involved, the injuries can be severe, and the insurance company wants to conduct like a full investigation, which they can often only get through litigation. So more times than not, we're going to actually put the case in court. And what that means is we file an actual complaint with the court, which is a pleading that names the parties that we think are potentially responsible or did something wrong. And we say in the complaint, you know, we talk about the injuries and what the damages are and what we're looking for. In New Jersey, we don't put a dollar amount that we're looking for. There's a rule against that because in New York, you are allowed to put that in. And then someone puts in, we're seeking $10 million. And then they get these headlines in the, in the news that say, oh, I fell on sidewalk suing for $10 million. You know, it's just kind of stupid. So in New Jersey, we don't put dollar amounts in there that, that we're seeking. But anyway, that gets the case started. And then once the case is started in court, the complaint gets served on the parties and then the litigation starts. And then The parties are supposed to file an answer to the complaint. And then once they've answered the complaint, then discovery is served on the parties. And discovery is basically written questions. You know, what are your injuries? What happened? And then we ask written questions to the other side as well. And then we also do demand for documents, which is, it's like a court captioned document that has a list of the documents that we're looking for in the case. And then... You know, it's funny, in this episode, we're talking about like the litigation phase and an overview. You could literally give a course on the litigation phase. You could give an entire law school course on just one aspect of the litigation phase. So we're doing this in a super kind of overview way. And then the process starts. And the process can take anywhere from 
a year, three years, six years, or more. The wheels of justice run slow, but they do run, they do turn. And with COVID, it's made things even slower. And this is all just the, the basic litigation phase. And then you go through like this discovery part that we talked about. And then depositions are often done where we'll take depositions of the people, the contractors and, and the people that are running the job. And then they'll take the deposition of the plaintiff and then they'll send the plaintiff for a medical exam. And then we'll serve medical reports. And then we'll often get reports from experts like engineers or safety officials. And then we'll the insurance companies and these these corporations fight these cases very hard so often the documents that they're supposed to turn over and the questions they're supposed to answer the first time they won't actually answer until we get several court orders and motions and that's all part of the wear down process where the insurance companies and the corporations with, with all this money try to wear people down and then often they will insinuate that the plaintiff is a, a liar, a cheat, or a fraud, and they're faking it all. They do it in almost every case. They they insinuate or suggest that the plaintiff is exaggerating their injuries or that they had some injury before, often trying to trigger the worst in people, the worst, you know, things that people think about people like, oh, you're a fraud and you're like, this happens. So if you do this and you get into the litigation process, they don't pay money easily and not in these cases. So you really need a lawyer that's experienced with this stuff that has thick skin because they're going to fight the cases really hard and it's going to take a long time and a long process. But in our experience, it's usually been worth it. People will come to us and if we don't accept their case, because sometimes we don't accept a lot of the cases that we look at, we, we look at many, many cases, but accept a small percentage. But a lot of times we won't accept the case because the injury is not, not good enough. And we always tell the client that that's good news because you don't want your case accepted because the injury is good because there's nothing more important than your health and your, and your life in that regard. So it's a long process, but we find more often than not, it is worth it. You know, there's never a guarantee in these cases. There can never be a guarantee. So like, Another little piece of advice for this litigation phase, and it's a little bit related to the intake process, is like if you go ever go to a lawyer and they say, sign here, I guarantee we're going to get you money, run and run far and run quickly away from that lawyer. Because the truth is no lawyer in a third-party contingency plaintiff's case can ever guarantee a recovery. We can only you, you can only manage the case. You can work real hard on the case and do everything you know reasonably that you can to do good, but you can never guarantee a win. You can never guarantee a recovery because there's like too many factors. It depends on what judge you get. Often it depends on what jury you get. It depends on the facts. And even if you have like great facts and great witnesses and great documents, the law can change right in the middle of your case that can turn a great case into a bad case. So the best can be done is we can manage it and try to position the case for the best recovery possible, but there's never really a guarantee in these cases. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Cause there's so many different variables when it comes to that and, you know, nothing can be predicted. It's just, you know, you can handle the case to the best under the evidence that's there and the circumstances. So thank you for sharing that. Mark, any thoughts on this? Yeah. Jerry's right. And I think I've said that after pretty much everything he said, but 
the amount of times, you know, we've done an initial client meeting and the client will ask, like, you know, what do you think my case is worth? They're like, are we going to win? I could probably count on half of one of my hands the amount of times I've even given a range that I think the case is worth that an initial meeting. You just, like Jerry said, there's way too many factors, you know, what the coverage is going to be, what the liability issues are. And Jerry said, sometimes too, the law could change. What do you mean the coverage, Mark? What does that mean? Yeah, so with coverage, we may have said this earlier on in one of these episodes, and if we haven't, pretty much in talking to a younger attorney that comes to work here or sometimes even discussing with clients, there's three main components to any personal injury case, which is liability, who did what wrong, the damages, what are the injuries, and then what is the insurance coverage? Because a lot of times there's policy limits. You know, say you get rear-ended by somebody, they're a drunk driver, you need a fusion. And if they have a $100,000 insurance policy, that's usually going to be a limiting factor in your case, having a certain policy that you need to work within. So when I say policy, I'm talking about the insurance policy limits. And when I'm talking about coverage, I'm talking about the insurance policy limits that are available. So that's always something that kind of gets gets factored into to cases. And I think early on, Jerry said that we could make a law school class out of the litigation phase of these construction cases. And he, he's absolutely right. He kind of gave a very macro view and I'm more kind of a big picture guy. You know, I'm, I'm going to kind of jump in though and, and be the micro guy here because even sometimes a simple thing as filing a complaint and getting the defendants to answer can be like pulling teeth. And it happens more often than not with these construction cases. In New Jersey, you've got 35 days to answer a complaint. A lot of times, you know, general contractor or someone in the construction industry will get served with one of these complaints and think, you know, maybe one, they didn't do anything wrong, so they're not going to let their insurance company know about it, or two, think that if they just ignore it, we'll, we'll go away. So there's steps that we can take through the court system to get them to try and wake up and answer the complaint. And sometimes they just they just don't. But that alone, that simple aspect of, you file a complaint, you file a pleading with the court looking for relief and defendants file an answer that in and of itself can take months and months and litigation cycle after litigation cycle. And you have to unfortunately get a judge involved sometimes just for someone to file an answer to a simple complaint. So, Mark, you know, it seems like a really lengthy process, obviously. I mean, is it is it really worth it for a client to, you know, to file a case and for it to go to litigation in New Jersey? Dimple, again, we, we've said there's there's no guarantees with anything, but based on our experience, yes, yes, it is worth it. Again, you don't want to be one of those plaques on the wall of look at this great recovery we got or this, you know, big jury verdict, because that means that you've been pretty badly injured. But a lot of times when people get injured on these construction sites, it's a bad injury. It could be a fall from you know, 40 feet or something that results in catastrophic injuries. And it's a life-changing event. And in our society, we don't have a time machine. We can't rewind and go back and stop that thing from happening. The best kind of solution our country has come up with, and it's a lot better than, I guess, most of the world, is to compensate that person for what's been taken away from them. So while they've had a life-changing injury, we talk about how it can be a, such a dog fight and a slog going through this litigation. The whole like good things come to those who wait again with no guarantees, but the light at the end of the tunnel, oftentimes if the injury warrants, it can be life-changing money. 
that if they didn't go through this process, it just, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm going to ask Jerry similar, which is there's a lot they have to go through in this process, right? And it is a lengthy process. Why is it worth it for them to go through that? Because it's almost rehashing the pain that they went through the family. Why is it worth it? Because you have dealt with so many cases and what's your experience been? Well, it's worth it because like Mark said, if the injury is bad and all cases are different, it's never a guarantee, but it can often be life-changing money. And not money in the sense of, oh, you know, I'm going to make a buck on this. It's money in the sense of compensation. Like just, it's kind of like when we were kids, you were playing stickball and you broke the neighbor's window. You know, the responsible parent might march the kid over to the neighbor's house and get the kid to admit, I broke the window. I apologize for it. It won't happen again. And probably most importantly, I'm going to pay for the window. So when we talk about getting money in these cases and, and compensation, it's really just paying for the window. It's not like lottery money or, oh, now I got money to buy 10 windows. No, in these cases, like we've gotten hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars for people. And I can say that in my career, I have never seen a case where I would, me personally, would ever trade the money for the injury ever. You know, no matter how little money we got and how minor the injury might have been or how severe the situation was, it's, it's like never, the money's never worth it in the sense that you would trade it. But it's always worth it, not always worth it, but it's, it's worth it to try if we accept the case. The other kind of thing on this in answering your question, well, why is it worth it and all that? And it's true, it is like kind of, can be like warfare on paper and it is a slog and it is a lot of work, but it's not, it's the lawyers that have to do that, not the client. The client's not in the office writing briefs or, you know, filing motions or fighting with the other side. We're doing that. So we have like a little saying sometimes like, you, you know, you focus on your life, you focus on healing and getting better and we'll focus on the case. Cause sometimes people will come in, like if they're like a type A personality, Oh, we got to do this and we got to do that. We try to tell them generally, like, hey, relax, you know, we'll handle this for you. Again, never, never a guarantee that we'll win, but we handle all that stuff and we're the ones that go through it. So it can definitely be stressful for the clients in the sense of just having to like think about it and knowing that the, they're going to like pry into their personal, like, oh, what's your medical history? And they're going to have to give a deposition. But we always tell our clients it's most important in these cases is to just tell the truth from the beginning through the case. And if you tell the truth early on, we can then deal with the case accordingly and say, okay, it's worth it. It's not worth it. So that's really important because if you tell the truth and we tell us that it, because one of the more stressful things for the clients is to give depositions. And we always tell them, just sit back and tell the truth. And, and then that way you don't have to think, well, what's the right answer? What am I supposed to say? Well, what you're supposed to say is what's the truth. And if you tell the truth from the beginning, it makes things generally a lot easier. And we can tell if there's a case or not and then go accordingly. So the work is done by the lawyers. And the other thing too is, well, why would we go through this and why do all this? Well, because of the injury. And here's the biggie on this. If you get in an accident in New Jersey, generally speaking, you only have two years to file a lawsuit. There's exceptions to that, you know, if you're under 18 and there's a, could be a bunch of exceptions. So basically everything we're saying here is, is generally speaking. So generally you have two years. 
So if you if you have like a back injury and, and you feel, you know, it's not that bad, it's getting a little worse, and now two years has passed, and then suddenly the disc blows out from an accident in your spine that happened over two years ago and you didn't do anything about it, you can't come back now and say, well, the injury got a lot worse, so I'm going to do it. We've also had people like they'll come into the office for intakes and they'll come with a family member and the family member will be like severely injured and we'll ask them about it. Are you okay? Like what happened? Yeah. You know, it happened six years ago and I never did anything. I thought it would get better. And they're kicking themselves like years down the road that they never did anything about it. And the other part of it too, you say, well, is it worth it? Is this like a moral thing to do? Should I just turn the other cheek when I get harmed? You know, I suppose that's a personal decision for people, but what they should know is that in almost all cases that we handle in the injury area, defendants have insurance. So they have an insurance company that will hire the lawyers and pay any judgment or settlement under the terms of the policy within the policy limits. So while the cases are brought against the individuals, in reality, the real party in interest is almost always in these cases that we file an insurance company. And the insurance companies, generally, we find they, they want to collect the premiums, you know, those monthly payments where you have to pay your insurance every month, but they don't want to pay claims. And that's why they fight them really hard and do all this stuff. But again, it's definitely worth it to try. If the lawyer will accept your case, yeah, it's worth it for sure. I've got a couple war stories. I feel like I got I to gotta throw in based off some of the things that, that you said. And some of they're not, I keep saying war stories, makes it sound like there's a clash and it's this horrible, evil thing going on. But some of them are, are good stories with, with happy endings. I had a client come in and like we talked about liability, damages, what's the insurance coverage? She came in, it was a rear end hit. So liability was great. There were really bad property damage photos. I think she was on like the parkway, got hit from behind, hit into a guardrail. The car was, it was like a can that had gotten stepped on. Looked real bad. There was good insurance coverage, but her main injury was the seatbelt had cut the back of her head. She said her neck was sore. She went to the hospital for the neck, but the main thing was that she'd gotten a cut from the seatbelt. And we looked at it. And we, this was one of those where we said, you know what, we'll investigate it. We'll see if, if anything changes. And she was, uh, I think she, she cleaned houses. She was a, a tough, tough worker. And down the road where we're, we're kind of on the fence, like, are we going to keep this case? Are we going to reject it? We call her to check in. And she's scheduled for surgery on her neck from injuries to the disc from that crash. So we end up filing that complaint. And that ended up being a policy case, the case where we got the entire defendant's insurance policy. That was one where we were like, are we going to keep it? Are we not? So Jerry talks about the importance of if you're injured in a crash and you're like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm hurt, if you don't do something within those two years, you could be barred. Like this, this woman could have been barred from getting just compensation for needing surgery on her neck from a very bad traffic accident or traffic crash. That's a turn of phrase there. Sometimes there's no such thing as an accident. Like there's incidents, there's crashes, you know, an accident means somebody made a mistake. Someone did, did something wrong. They could have done differently. So we try not to use that phrase too much. With these things, like we're talking about two years, you don't want to go to the lawyer. All right, it's a week before two years. Now let me go to a lawyer. The lawyer would like to have as much time as possible before that two years to do the work. So it's often hard to find a lawyer to take your case, depending on the facts and circumstances. You know, some people say, oh, there's too many lawyers out there. There may be a lot of lawyers, but not all lawyers are necessarily good lawyers. 
And there's a lot of demand for good lawyers, good, good injury lawyers. And, you know, one lawyer can only handle so many cases. So if the lawyer can take your case, the better chance they'll take your case, the earlier you go to that, to that person so that they have as much time as possible to look into everything and to consider your, your case file. So you should go to the lawyer like, you know, quickly after things happen. What's interesting is I think that a lot of times like these clients are influenced by, you know, their employers and their employers might be misleading them to say, oh, no, you're fine. Or no, you don't need to file. Like you don't need a lawyer. And because they don't know better and they don't know the process, they don't know they can be compensated for their injuries. I think they're being influenced by other people. I mean, do you see that a lot? Yes. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of times on construction sites, especially there's kind of like a tough guy attitude and like a rub some dirt in it, like shake it off. The amount of times that someone's had a catastrophic fall and they're really injured and the foreman for the job will just have them hobble across the job site and get into someone's truck and go to the hospital rather than call an ambulance. I'd say that happens, you know, more, more often than not. And then, yeah, I think there is a lot of pressure, especially too, if there's, you know, maybe a family connection or it's a friend that they were working for. That's where I think we talked about, you'll get the, Hey, no, we'll, we'll make this right. We'll, we'll pay for it. Just don't sue. We'll pay the medical bills. And then lo and behold, when those medical bills come due, which is oftentimes many months later, the, the guy that said he'd cover those bills is nowhere to be found. So I think there is a lot of pressure to not bring a suit in some of these cases. People might be concerned about what happens to their employment down the road if they do. But I think like we've talked about, a lot of times the people who are kind of steering the injured worker one way might not have their best interests in mind, which is how are they going to provide for their family? How are they going to be able to continue working with their new reality, which might be with a catastrophic injury? Yeah, when the employer doesn't want to pay, workers' compensation is very expensive in the construction industry. So some employers will just not pay it, try to get around it, have employees on the payroll, or well, they, a lot of them don't have a payroll, not a traditional payroll anyway. It's just cash at the end of the day. And they won't tell if they even have workers' compensation insurance, they won't tell them how many employees they have because that's how they determine how much it costs in part. So we just got a, we heard back from one of the workers' compensation lawyers that we work with on cases and she reviewed the case and she ended up not taking it. And she notes in here that the worker's boss told the worker that his company did not have workers' compensation insurance. He offered to cover his medical bills and get him through until he was able to return to work. So what we often see is they'll make good on that for a little while, you know, maybe for a month, maybe two months if they're lucky. And then after that, they'll just abandon the worker. They'll stop paying. They'll walk away from him. And then they'll, but they tell them that so that they don't go to a, a lawyer. Hey, I can take care of this. And then the more time that passes that they don't go to a lawyer, the more the employer can cover their tracks and start taking steps to not get held responsible in court. So yeah, we do see that. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that's why it's important for clients to not wait too long to actually look into this matter and speak to an attorney or speak to a couple of law firms. I think that's important. So thank you guys so much. See you guys next time. Thanks. And there you have it, folks. Another episode of Jersey Justice Podcast. 
If you're loving what you're hearing, it's time to hit that subscribe button on Apple, YouTube, and Spotify podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review online. Share this podcast with your friends and become their legal hero. Dive into more episodes at jerseyjusticepodcast.com or clarklawnj.com and check out our show notes for more information. If you're navigating legal issues and need a guiding light or just a phone call away, call us at 1-877-841-8855. Again, 1-877-841-8855. Until next time, Jersey Justice Warriors, stay empowered and informed.